Hey everybody, welcome back to the Stephanie Bree Show. I'm your host, my name is Stephanie Bree, and I'm here to do another podcast. Yay! Alright, so today I've only got three topics, but they should be able to get us through a 30-minute show. I've decided we're going to keep it around 30 minutes from now on, see how that goes. So I always start off by talking about what's new in my life and what have I, what have I been streaming or watching or what have I been playing. So there's not a lot new in my life right now, so there's nothing really to report. As far as streaming goes, I'm excited for the Royal Rumble. I'm going to watch that tomorrow night. So I'll be able to talk about that next week. And I did watch Scream 5, but I don't really want to talk about it because I don't want to get into spoiler territory. I just want to get excited for Scream 6. So that's what I'm doing. So I watched Scream 5. I will say this. I liked it a lot. Now, there were things that happened in it that affected me emotionally, but I don't want to say what they were. I just want to say that I liked it, and it was a good movie, and I'm looking forward to Part 6. I like the Scream franchise. So that pretty pretty much covers what I've been watching, what I've been streaming, nothing new, you know, at least not since last week. So I've, I've been pretty light this week. I've been watching my girlfriend play RuneScape and watching a friend of mine play World of Warcraft. So there is that. Um, but that's about all for, for now. Okay, uh, let's get into the topics. First topic we have is Netflix ad woes. We got rapture politics and toxic fandom in science fiction. So we'll start with Netflix. So a couple months ago, I was broke and I couldn't afford my Netflix, so I canceled my subscription. And I didn't have Netflix for a couple of months. And I went to sign back up last last pay period, last payday, because I had a little extra money in my paycheck than what I was used to having, so I thought it would be a good time to sign back up for Netflix. I went with the $6.99 a month plan with ads. And at first, it wasn't so bad. It was just ad supported run a few ads throughout the shows i got used to it and i was like okay this isn't so bad because i have other streaming services that all have ads i'm used to it i grew up watching tv ads are a part of tv i watch youtube there's ads that are a part of youtube so it didn't bother me all that much at first but then i discovered there's a flaw there's a lot of content licensed content that is only available on the premium version <laughs> Excuse me. Uh. Excuse me. And so, at first I thought, well, that sucks. But then I noticed there's Netflix content that's only available on the premium version. And that really sucks. Because it can't be a licensing issue when it's something they own. Although it still gives you that warning when you try to watch something that says due to licensing issues, this one's only available on premium. If it's something they own, they should be able to show it no matter what. That's that's a load of bullshit. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Netflix with ads because I wanted to talk about I, I did talk about how, you know, they were gonna have to eventually go an ad supported route because they need the money. And that's how they're gonna keep the lower tier low cost so that people can still afford it 
you know, poor people can still afford Netflix. Because at $15 a month, the premium version is a little out of my price range. Although I might switch to the premium version just because some of the content I wanted to watch wasn't on the ad-supported version. So, you know, I'm going to give it another month. I'm going to finish out this pay period and see how it goes. And then next month, when it comes time to renew, I might cancel or I might switch to the premium version. I have to make a decision. If I'm going to pay $15 a month for a streaming service, which is quite expensive, do I really want to keep Netflix or do I want to switch over to HBO Max? The problem with HBO Max is they've already said that they're shutting it down. So I don't want to get into a streaming service that's only going to be around for a few more months and then I have to sign up for another new one again, all over again. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. So that's the downside to the streaming wars. There's so much competition now that Netflix can't make its money without ads. But obviously with the ad-supported version, they can't have all the content that you get in the premium version for whatever reason. I don't understand the terms of a license that would say that, but whatever. Maybe, uh, maybe it's specific. I don't know. But it is what it is. And so I was thinking, Netflix is still on the downward spiral. Netflix has been facing a lot of competition lately, and they're not handling competition well. Um, the problem with the see the problem with an ad-supported Netflix is this: with Paramount Plus, they started with a free version that was ad-supported, and then they added the premium version that gave you bonus content for signing up. And Peacock did the same thing. Peacock started with a free version or an ad-supported version, and then they gave you the premium version with all the content, and then they give you an ad-free version if you want one without ads. Um. Netflix started out with all the content and then they started losing content over the years and now the content that you're used to having is behind a paywall, another paywall. So you got to have the ad supported version and then on top of that you got to pay for the premium version. So it's like they took content away if you were at the basic version and now you have to deal with ads. So that sucks because they're the first streaming service to take content away to create a, an, an ad-supported version. So it's backwards from what everybody else did. And I think that's a really shitty move. I think they should have, what they should have done is they should have said, okay, we're gonna have the ad-supported version with all the content that was already on Netflix, and then we're gonna create bonus content for the premium version. But they didn't do it that way. At least with Peacock, you get WWE if you pay for it. And that's that's bonus content well worth the money. In fact, I might just switch to Peacock. If I cancel Netflix, I might switch to Peacock because they've got that 70s show on Peacock and they have WWE. And those are two things I really want to watch. So maybe I just cancel Netflix altogether and sign up for Peacock. Something I've been thinking about doing. I can't afford to have both. So, I mean, well, I probably could if I budgeted better. 
but I don't want to get into the personal story of my finances right now. So basically, uh, the gist of it is this. Netflix's ad-supported model is backwards from everybody else. And that frankly sucks. They should have thought this through. Because Netflix does provide premium content. Everything that was on Netflix was considered premium content. But now they pick and choose what they what they put on the ad-supported version and what you have to pay extra for. Basically, they just raised the price again on everybody and said, well, if you don't want your rates to go up, you got to suffer with ads and less content. And that's really shitty of them to do. So, so far, I'm not impressed with the ad-supported version of Netflix. I think it needed to be thought out a little bit better. And honestly, I just think that it it's not going to work. It's going to cost them subscribers because they're going to end up switching if they're going to have to if you have to put up with ads anyways or if you're going to be having to pay for bonus content. People are going to switch to a streaming service a streaming service that has the content they want. And if you're going to sign up for Netflix and then you're going to find Netflix content that Netflix produced, that Netflix owns that you still can't get on the ad-supported version, that's going to piss a lot of people off. It pissed me off. And so I, I'm i going to give it an F. They, they just failed. This was not a good rollout. Netflix really needs to get their shit together, and they better hurry it up and get it figured out fast because they're going to start bleeding customers again, and they can't really afford that right now. So that's my grading. I'm grading it an F. It's, it's not good at all. All right, I want to talk about rapture politics. I don't talk about politics too often on this show. Sometimes I talk about comic books. Sometimes I talk about movies and video games. I talk about pop culture and things like that. But this was on my mind today, so I want to talk about this today. What is rapture politics? In evangelical and fundamentalist Christianity, there's a belief in this seven-year period called the Tribulation. That's a future time where there's one world government led by the Antichrist and all the Christians are going to get caught up in the sky in this event called the Rapture and they're going to be saved from having to go through the seven-year tribulation period. And then they're going to sit up in heaven and feast on the blood of the people who are on earth suffering. Something like that. Some kind of feast where they celebrate the blood. I don't know. Something like that. I used to be... An evangelical Christian I used to be able to teach it to you but it's complicated and it doesn't make a whole lot of sense and it's not in the Bible you have to kind of make it up and then pull things out of your ass to make it work and tie the Bible up in knots but it's it's not biblical at all the problem with the rapture the rapture teaching is the politics the rapture teaching is to blame for Christians who either don't believe in global warming at all and climate change at all or they just literally don't care because they believe they're going to be raptured anyway so what do they care even though the bible tells them they're supposed to be responsible for this planet and take care of it they act like it's not their responsibility even though god made it their responsibility so they're kind of hypocrites in that regard the other danger with rapture politics is it's part of the reason why they don't believe in human rights abuses they believe that 
governments are allowed to be evil and abuse people as much as they want and people are allowed to be evil as much as they want because there's going to be a special rapture and all the good Christians are going to get caught up in the sky and saved from God's wrath and God's going to destroy all the evil people. So they actually celebrate evil in the news. They actually do. So whenever you see a mass shooting and you wonder why Christians are always thoughts and prayers but they don't want to do anything about it, the truth is they really don't want to do anything about it because they're scared if they do, they're going to push back the rapture and they're not going to get raptured. They're scared that if they get caught up in, quote, the affairs of the world, that they're going to miss out on the rapture. And so they really believe that they have to be good Christians and let evil happen and just stay out of it. And that's the danger of rapture politics. That's why we have politicians who believe that it's not their place to fix the world's problems because they don't want, for one, they don't want to inadvertently cause or contribute to the creation of a, quote, one world government. So that's why they're so anti-globalist and they'll come up with all kinds of conspiracy theories about globalism. So that explains why they're, you know, they're skeptical of crypto. It explains why they're skeptical of the World Health Organization. They're skeptical of NATO. They're skeptical of the United Nations. And any, any group or entity, the World Bank or any entity that could look like the creation of a, quote, one world government. They really believe that. And so that's part of why... They're so isolationist. They don't want the United States getting involved in world affairs because they're scared that if they do, they're going to lose their American identity, for one, which is a big part of the, who they are, they're a big part of their culture. And two, they're scared that they're going to inadvertently create the one world government that's going to bring the Antichrist and then they're going to have to get raptured. And they, don't, they want to get raptured, but they don't want to see it happen they want okay so they want to see it happen because they're all they think that they're special and they're going to get taken away but they also don't want to contribute to it because they don't want to miss out on the rapture if that makes sense it doesn't make sense but that's their logic and so what you have is this dangerous politics where people think that they're special and they're set apart from the rest of the world and so they don't have to care about the problems of the world because it's not their problem and that's why they're perceived as heartless. They really are. They think it's out of love. They think that if you just get saved, you don't have to worry about it. You'll get raptured like they will. And that's why they preach hardcore about just get saved. They just, you know, they just want you to get saved, which they don't follow the biblical path of salvation anyways. The only ones really doing that are the Catholics, and the Catholics have their own slew of problems. The, evangel the evangelicals and the fundamentalists they misinterpret a lot of what the Bible says. They cut out entire books of the Bible. They rewrite passages of the Bible. They misquote passages of the Bible. And they do a lot of stuffing verses in there that aren't in there to make them say things they don't say. And that's the danger of rapture politics because it breeds conspiracy theorists as well. When I was 15 years old, I was an evangelical Christian. I was a Baptist. And... I was so scared that the rapture was going to happen any day now. I believed it had to be happening because the world was so bad. 
because we had Bill Clinton as our president. And it was so horrible that God would allow an evil man like Bill Clinton to be our president. And that was a sign of the rapture. That it was a sign of the times. I was so distraught over that. At 15 years old, I was so distraught over that that I tried to kill myself. Because I thought it would be better to die than to go through the rapture. Because I didn't want to miss the trip. I didn't want to miss the rapture and get caught up in the tribulation period. I almost killed myself because of this dangerous politics. My nephew was seven years old and he wanted to kill himself because Barack Obama was president. He told me he would rather die than live in a world where Barack Obama was president because he was scared Barack Obama was the Antichrist and he was going to miss the rapture. Seven years old, talking about killing himself because of the rapture. It's dangerous politics. It should be illegal to be taught. Obviously, we have freedom of religion in this country, which is a double-edged sword, unfortunately. But that is the reason why Christians behave the way they do, is because they believe in this fairy tale that all the world is separate from them. They're going to get caught up in this magical event, and then the world's going to be punished for their evil. And so they think they have to be apart from the world because they don't want to be seen as being of the world. Because if you're of the world, you get left behind. And they don't want to be left behind. So it's a very problematic teaching. And it's really, really hard, even within Christian circles, to get them to realize that the rapture isn't in the Bible at all. There's no verses that talk about a secret rapture in the Bible. It's very cryptic and very vague, and they rely on very new teaching that didn't come about until the late 1800s. Um, but it's it's dangerous, and it shouldn't be allowed to be. It definitely shouldn't be taught in schools, especially public schools. It shouldn't be taught in religious schools either. It shouldn't be taught at all because it is it is leading kids to suicide or suicidal ideations, and that's dangerous. It's very dangerous. I don't know how to fight it. I don't know how to combat it. And I don't know what to do about it. But it is worth understanding. They believe it so fundamentally. It is so central to who they are. That nothing can persuade them otherwise. They're so terrified of missing the rapture. That they will sit idly by and let bad things happen because they don't want to accidentally be perceived by God to be a part of, quote, the world, and then they get left behind when the rapture happens. And that's the danger of rapture politics. All right, next topic, toxic fandom and science fiction. Oh, goodness, I hate this one, but I have to talk about it. So recently... A new Star Trek series came out that had a transgender person on it. And here comes all the toxic people saying how woke Star Trek is. Um, I had an encounter where just a few weeks ago, I just casually said, I don't like Star Trek. And I don't get it. I don't understand it. And I was attacked by so many Star Trek nerds who were all, you just don't get it. And they were trying to explain it to me. And I was like, no, I understand why you guys like it. I understand... I know the argument. I know why people say they like it. I don't get it. 
because the argument doesn't work for me. It doesn't persuade me. It's one of those things that it's like, I, I just don't get it. But they attacked me. And I had to block a few friends because it got, it got really nasty. And I got in a fight with a really good friend of mine over it who mistook what I was trying to say. Took it personal. Took it as a personal attack even though it wasn't a personal attack. And I had to apologize even though I didn't feel like it was a personal attack. That soured my friendship because of toxic fandom in the sci-fi community. A few years ago, I bought an Xbox, an original Xbox. Actually, my sister bought it. And I knew it played CDs. And I knew it played DVDs. And I knew it had a hard drive. And you could rip CDs to it and play them as MP3s on your, you know, have MP3s on your hard drive. So I went to a discussion forum, GameFAQs.com. And I asked, how do you rip a, an MP3 from a CD? And I got attacked by everyone saying that piracy isn't allowed to be discussed. You're not allowed to talk about ROMs. Just buy the games and all this other stuff. And I was like, I wasn't asking about piracy. I was just saying, how do you put a CD in your Xbox and get the MP3s off of it? That's all I wanted to know. Which is a feature advertised that the Xbox could do. And I got attacked and then I got banned from the forum. And I was no longer allowed to discuss Xbox. So it was like, okay, fine, fuck you guys. I don't need I don't need this. I told my sister I didn't want I couldn't help her, because she's the one that asked me the question. And then I told her I, I'm done with Xbox. So it soured me on Xbox. To this day I hate Xbox as a brand because of the fandom. The toxic fandom. Then there's Star Wars. You have you have a lot of toxicity in Star Wars. For starters, you have the people who have animosity towards anything special edition or later. So these are the people that cry, Han shot first. And if you say anything otherwise, or if you try to prove that it doesn't matter because Han was still killing in self-defense, whether Greedo shot or not, it was still self-defense. It doesn't change the scene. It doesn't change his character. It doesn't matter. They get all up in arms over it. Because they're like, no, he was a badass. But then when they put the shot in there, he became a wimp. And I was just like, no, it's still self-defense. He wasn't a badass either way. He literally killed a guy in cold blood. It doesn't change that. He still cold or killed a random person in cold blood. It doesn't matter if it was self-defense or not. It was always self-defense. But because Greedo was pointing a gun at him. He didn't have to shoot. It didn't change. Nothing changed. But if you get into that argument with people... They will attack you, they'll attack your mom, they'll attack your pets, they'll attack your grandma, and it's disgusting. I got into an argument one time with somebody on the Blu-ray forums, Blu-ray.com. I went to the Blu-ray forums and we were talking about the Blu-ray release of Star Wars. And I was all excited for The Phantom Menace. And somebody was all arguing with everybody about how they were wrong. They weren't allowed to like The Phantom Menace. It was a terrible movie and that they were hypocrites for like saying they liked The Phantom Menace. Saying that they're liars, they never liked it, they know it's a bad movie, and they're just jumping on the bandwagon because here comes George Lucas saying, here's The Phantom Menace on Blu-ray, you have to like it, and they didn't like it. And I argued with somebody, I was like, I've always liked The Phantom Menace, it's my favorite Star Wars movie. And they're like, it can't be your favorite Star Wars movie, it's trash, you're wrong. And they actually told me I was wrong. 
that I wasn't allowed to like The Phantom Menace. And I wasn't allowed to think it was a good movie. And I had to argue with them that I didn't like it ironically. I didn't like it because I thought it was a bad, you know, it was a fun, bad movie. I thought it's a good movie. I literally think it's a good movie. And so I was trying to argue that point. You can't argue with Star Wars fans. They've made up their mind. Special editions are bad. Han shot verse. The prequels are terrible. And if you say anything at all to the contrary, you're deemed a heretic. And it's disgusting. This this talks the and it goes back to the Disney Star Wars, the toxic fandom. The Disney Star Wars harassed the fandoms harassed one of the stars, the Asian star, a female actress, harassed her to the point that she had to leave social media entirely just because they didn't like an Asian being in their movie. Never mind the fact that they were all racist up in arms about a black stormtrooper. Oh my God, you can't have a black stormtrooper. And they were all up in arms over that. So toxic toxicity in the fandom is, is a real problem. And listen, I don't know how to handle it. I don't know how to deal with it. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know how to make it better. I don't know how to make it right. I don't know how to argue with these people. I don't know how to reason with these people. It's just a serious problem we have, and I don't know what's the root cause of it all. But that's my show. This one went a little bit short. I don't really have anything else to say about toxic toxic fandom and science fiction. I kind of wish I would have had one more topic, but that's the show for today. So thanks for listening. Stay cool.